And welcome to another episode of the Bakari Sellers Podcast. Today, we have none other than Dan J. Johnson joining us. How are you feeling today, man? I'm feeling great. Thanks for having me. Good. You know, it's pretty cool. I've had a kind of, this, it's a whole lot of new shows coming out. We're out of the pandemic. People are filming again. I've had a lot of great actors on the show. And one of my favorite questions for him is this question that I asked first, like, explain to me the arc of your career. Uh, and you've spent much of your career in television. But what was your first big role? And at what point did you realize that, you know, people may actually pay me to do this? Um, the arc of my career, um, it, I, I would say it started when I, I, I used to do speech and debate at Western Kentucky University. The Hilltoppers. And, go Hilltoppers. Oh, yeah. You know it. <laughs> um, so I, I spent two years there doing speech and debate. And I wasn't able because of that, that, that speech program is a very rigorous program. I wasn't really able to audition for plays um, on campus. And so I transferred up to DePaul University, the theater school at DePaul University, um, went through the acting program. And the first role that I got was a, a series called Underemployed. And it was written and show run by Craig Wright, who's a, a playwright. And coincidentally, I had done a couple of his scenes throughout the theater school, uh, my time at the theater school. And so it was just kind of serendipitous that I was my first big kind of like television series was uh, was run by him. And I think that was the first time. I don't know. I mean, even even today, I'm still like, are people really going to pay me to do this? <laughs> I, I, I think I'm never really going to grow out of that. Everybody talks about the um, imposter syndrome. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like you're like <laughs> you're sitting there. You're like, wait a minute. I'm really I'm really doing this and people are going to consume this and, and pay me for it. Yeah, and it's a, it is, especially when I'm sitting across from people who I look up to, like Loretta Devine, uh, who is on P-Valley and who does an absolutely amazing job. I'm like, I'm, I'm here. This is me. I'm really doing this right now. <laughs> so, I mean, let, let's get to P-Valley because that's why you're here. Let, let's get into it. I don't want to waste too much time and, and talk about other stuff. But for people who've been under a rock, what is P-Valley? Oh, P-Valley is a, a the, the, the brilliant child of Katori Hall, um, who is just an amazing writer, uh, person, showrunner, director. Um, and, it, and it the show centers around um, this strip club called The Pink in northern Mississippi. And it's about the black southern culture that film and television doesn't really it hasn't really represented well uh, or at all um, in the past. And so this is Katori's first foray into television, first foray into, you know, just her stardom. Like she is, she's absolutely incredible. So Uncle Clifford, who plays the uh, proprietor of The Pink, is my best friend in the show, Corbin Kyle. Um, and we grew up in the margins in this in this society that doesn't really accept uh, people in the LGBTQ community or people who like myself are uh, biracial in real life and in the show. Um, and so Uncle Clifford and I kind of connect uh, being marginalized within, you know, this very specific place in, in northern Mississippi. So let's 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 get into Corbin Kyle. Like, how does he fit into the narrative arc of the show? Who is he? Um, Corbin Kyle is the the bastard child of um, the, the the Kyle the uh, 
so he has two he has two brothers who his um his dad his dad had two sons with their wife they uh his his dad had a had an affair with the maid i am the the maid's child the maid's child um and i kind of grew up not uh being recognized not being accepted by my dad uh and it wasn't until he died. He was a and like basically a a, a tycoon, a, a, an oil tycoon. He also he owned plantations and things like that. Um, and so in his when he died in his will, he left me um, this plantation um, and a whole bunch of money. And the brothers Wayne and and Wyatt Kyle didn't didn't really like that. But basically, uh, he he's got the money in the show. He, he's he's got he's got the money and with money comes power and because he didn't have a lot of power growing up he he uses that to uh to his advantage in the series you know p valley though i mean you gotta you gotta watch it because it's always the talk of the day after or the next day or whenever people watch it and just this morning you're the talk about uh the game was talking about how dope Jocelyn was uh, in that, in which she they said that she had star. He said she had star written all over her, and she should have a recurring role. Talk about how it feels to be on the precipice of like entertainment, pop culture, politics, because everybody knows P Valley and what you all are doing. I, I mean, it's it's really a an amazing thing. Like I said, I pinch myself every day um, being fortunate enough to be included you know, in this show, in the conversation of this show. And, you know, I, I don't very often uh, 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 get onto the Twitter for the tweets, but every once in a while I, I do see what people are, you know, who is talking about it and, and some of the people who are talking about it. Cause I, I like, I remember when Cardi B, she came out first season and was just like, you guys gotta watch this thing. So, but uh, it is because Katori is so brilliant, not only in her writing, but just in talking about what's happening and in the culture, but also just in the world. And, you know, season two, we introduced the pandemic in the world of, of mm -hmm. P-Valley and its impact on uh, marginalized communities, black communities, and, and just how detrimental it, it, it was to so many people in, in the United States who have been um, kind of forgotten uh, and left um and so i think she, you know not only be, not only show, showcasing the culture the music the, the the style but but also the politics of of these small towns in the united states it's really it's really an incredible thing to be a part of this episode is brought to you by cars.com when you add your car to your garage on cars.com you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth plus View its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25000 miles on, I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. 
When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit JiffyLube.com. When you were signing on to do this, you know, P-Valley is a cultural flashpoint for many of us, uh, particularly from the South. I mean, it's real. Um, we love our strip clubs. I mean, so many times you just go to the strip club to eat, right? I think that Magic City has the best wings in America. I would fight somebody over just that. I heard, I heard. <laughs> you haven't gotten any? Okay, I got, don't even worry about it. Don't even worry about it. Mr. Magic, Mr. Magic's son is, is a good dude, and they actually ship their wings out. I'm going to have some shipped to your people. Oh, so you can have some, some Magic City wings. But um, did you think the show about a Southern strip club, the culture around it, the, the people in it would become as popular as, it, as it's become? I mean, honestly, I, I kind of step into all of these roles intentionally and unintentionally um, like a child with this kind of um, desire to to learn about not only the, the, the story, but about the character. But also, I grew up in a very a predominantly white uh, community in the Midwest. I'm from Kansas City, Missouri. Um, my mom is white. I have three older white sisters who I didn't even understand that they were my half sisters until I was a teenager when somebody was like, oh, those are your half sisters. And I was like, wait, what? Um, but it, it was it was a shock and kind of a, an awe type. And also when we shot the show, I'm a part of it in very specific instances and I'm not really around, you know, the, the full making of the show. And so it wasn't until it aired um, during the pandemic in 2020 that I was like, this is what we made. This is what this is. <laughs> um, but hearing Katori talk about the culture leading up to filming and during filming, it was one of those things that was just like, it was, it was a huge learning experience for me on and off the court, you know, so to speak. Um, but I think talking about sex work, talking about that part of the culture is important because it is, it is real. People do, so. you know, if people do destigmatizing going to strip clubs, destigmatizing sex, sex work is, uh, I think a, an, an insanely important thing. Uh, and it's it healthy to, and it, and, and it, it provides so safe environments for the people we claim we love. Exactly. Because it's only in theory do people say, oh, I, I accept who you are as a person. But then you, they find out, you know, oh, you went to a strip club for a baby shower? And it's like, yeah, we do that. <laughs> that's, that's the thing. Or that or the strippers are actually real people outside the strip club. But that's, and, that's, a, <laughs> and, that's a whole well, other story. The, the empathy that one stands to grow in watching something like P-Valley is profound. And I think in today's society with everything like everything that we have going on in in american culture american u.s politics and society this show stands to break so many barriers because of the amount of empathy that you can uh encounter in just taking you know stepping into somebody else's shoes and understanding yeah this is a person not only the people who are a part of the club but the people who go to the club the, these are all people who are uh, worth love 
Yes, and humanity and dignity and, and all those other and respect, all those other things. You know, we talked about the 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 kind of uh all of the what's the word platitudes that you all receive. But the recent you've also there's also been some controversy. Every good show has controversy that's involved <laughs> the same sex scenes, both men and women, making the show groundbreaking in that respect. Um talk about how P Valley isn't uh just good TV, but breaking norms for how we see ourselves on TV. Uh, again, this just, Tori paints beautiful pictures of real people um, and real situations. And again, there's a lot of people I know who talk about love is love, but then they are hit in the face with the reality of men loving men and women loving women and trans people loving trans people and and intermixing all of that. And it, the there's a there's an uncomfortableness that starts to kind of creep out of people. Um, but really th that's what, I mean, it's, it's therapeutic, yeah. you know, confronting yourself with the reality of these people are fully, you know, fully actualized people who are loving themselves and loving the people who they want to love. And, you know, Katori, I, I think does it brilliantly in showing the, we we use the word grit in in this in this season a lot. The, the grittiness, the the realness of of these situations and of these stories. And I think um, it's just important to include everybody's story. And obviously, that's impossible to do. Like as a writer, Katori can't include everybody's story. She can only include thing the, the reality that that she knows. But it's been talked about so little in our society. I think it's. Um, this is just one of those shows that's like, it's it's gonna make some people uncomfortable, but the only way that we grow is when we find ourselves and being- I, we, you, grow, you grow in those moments of uncomfortability. You know, one of the cool things about the show is I, I rarely see shows that show uh, full humans on TV, particularly rural Southern black folk, which is what, what I am and P-Valley does that. Talk to me about Chukalisa and how important it is to fairly portray rural Southern folks as well in this show. I mean, again, this is about representation. Um, and because you're from uh, uh, South Carolina, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and again, this is a part of the a part of the United States that I hadn't even I hadn't even been to Atlanta before 2019 when we started filming. Um, and it's the blackest place I've ever been to in my oh, life. Oh, you, uh, it, it used to be Chicago. I mean, not Chicago, excuse me. It used to be D.C., but now Atlanta is black on black on black. Yes. And different areas, I think, as uh, from what I've heard, different areas are starting. I mean, gentrification is one of those things that's kind of been infiltrating parts of of uh, Black America, but it's like still going there. It's one of the blackest places, but it's also one of the warmest and most yep. vibrant places I've ever been to in my life. And I think uh, a town like, you know, the fictitious town of Chukalisa is one of those places that we are able to dip our toes into rural black America and see again, the humanity and the dignity in, in these people. Um, and it's just important to showcase all parts of America because I think a lot of the divisiveness that's been happening in America, um, I mean, we're, we're gonna get into blanket statements here to a certain extent, but <laughs> when we don't know what we don't know, or, or if we don't know parts of, <laughs> America, then judgments, when those parts of America start to bubble up, judgments will start to happen. And so if we're not telling stories, the base, the underlying basis of ignorance, right? 
Exactly. It's yeah, ignorance is just not knowing what's on the other side right. of the fence. What's not knowing what's just down the road. Um, and there are a lot of things that's happened in, in, in our past that has created those boundaries, redlining districts and things like that when it comes to politics. But it's also just a, that, that feeling of uncomfortableness of not knowing what's on the other side, whether it's death or whether it's on the other side of the street. It really stops people from understanding the country that they're in and the people who are inhabiting that country with them. And so, again, it is insanely important for stories like P-Valley to be present because it is telling stories of people who are left to the wayside and are forgotten. Um, um, and so I, and thanks to Lionsgate and, and Stars for helping Katori showcase these stories because it is it's opening people's eyes to all these different parts of America that are insanely beautiful. Yeah. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between, offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthierhappenstogether. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. You've been on some blue chip shows like Chicago Fire that have turned uh, and had very, very long runs. What's the recipe in your experience for longevity for sitcoms? And do you think P-Valley has it? And it's so popular right now. How did they gain that popularity? I mean, I'm going to give all my all the credit to my like my manager, Becca Lyle at, at, at Authentic and also people I've worked with in the past, I try to surround myself with people who have my best interest at heart because a lot of this stuff is, you know, I went through, I went through a theater school that didn't really, it, it, it taught me certain parts of the craft, but it didn't teach me how to maneuver the business and maneuver a lot of this, you know, unforeseen, a lot of these unforeseen circumstances. And, you know, I'm just trying to cobble together a, 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 a career bit by bit. And I've been lucky enough to be a part of these things because I have people looking out for me and, and setting um, up auditions and opportunities that, that eventually make it possible for me to say, I'm a, I'm an actor. I'm, I'm able to help tell these stories. But as far as like P-Valley, I think it's already been established that this, this P-Valley is here to stay. You know, it's, it's going to be around for a while because it's telling stories that are uh, vitally important and it does it really well because Couture really well, really, really writer, well. The, the, the writer's room, people like uh, Patrick, Ian Polk, uh, Ian Olympio, everybody who's in those writer, writer's rooms uh, just encompass this, the essence of this story so beautifully. Um, and as long as Stars and Lionsgate wants to have us around, I think going to be around. But they'd be, they'd be fools not to. How does Corbin evolve this season? Tell me, I mean, what, whatever you can tell me. Corbin evolves. Uh, what I can say is he is going to continue to use his, his monetary power to make moves that will, um, I mean, he, legacy is, is, is a big thing for Corbin. Create Corbin reminds me of, of a character in Dallas. I've been trying to place that all day. Did you watch Dallas? 
I didn't watch Dallas, but I've actually I've heard not not just Corbin, but but P Valley in Dallas. P Valley, P Valley in Dallas, they have a great the, the wealth, the sex, the lore, the drama, mm-hmm. the kind of small town country folks, some with money, some with it. it it's you, if you ever watch it, it, it actually I, I need to jump on it. it was, yeah, it, it was it was I didn't mean to interrupt you. I'm no, sorry. no, it's 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 fine. I I, I think. Corbin uses his money to position himself to be remembered, to be to to be a force to be reckoned with um, in this season and in seasons to come. That was as uh, evasive as an answer. You should run for <laughs> run for mayor. I appreciate that. I got, people, you... <laughs> I got, people, I, I got people breathing down my neck. <laughs> how, how can people watch P Valley? Uh, people can watch P Valley through the app on Stars, um, and they can also, like me, I have Hulu. I have a Hulu um, a- account, and I've I've added on the Stars, which I think is like six or eight bucks extra a month. Um, but it's available at midnight on uh, on Sunday mornings on the Stars app, and then um, the next day, I think you know a few hours later on on things like Hulu. My last question, I, I learned how to phrase this question appropriately, but tell me some of the projects you have working on right now that you can actually share, because y'all got more secret projects than I know. I, I currently am working, I'm in Chicago uh, doing theater. Like I said, I came from a background in theater. I'm, I'm at a, a show at Looking Glass Theater in Chicago. Um, it's Alice in Wonderland. It's Looking Glass Alice, and it's David Catlin's adaptation of Through the Looking Glass and Alice in Wonderland, and it is... Uh, a circus art show that's super physical, but super amazing for kids and adults alike. It runs through the end of July, July 31st, I think is the last day. And then I have a couple of other projects that are uh, feature films uh, that are, are, I'm not able to like talk about, but things that I'm, I, 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 you'll be able to see me in, in other ways in, in the coming year. I just want to say thank you, brother. I know you're busy spending time with family, taping, acting, doing all these other things. But thank you for joining the Bakari Sellers podcast. And thank you for, I mean, when you want to go and do some off the court research at some of these various, uh, I refer to them as ballets, the white ones and the black ones as African-American performing arts centers. Any strip clubs you want to go to in America, let me know. We'll go together. <laughs> I, appreciate, right, I really appreciate the work that you do. Thank you so much for having me on uh, uh, talking about these things. I, I, blessings to you and your team. Man. Have a great day. Thank you. You too.